welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Well, we are back uh, at the Rally Roundtable, and I hope you guys are excited. Thanks so much for joining in, because we're talking about a great topic today. We are talking about prophecy. So, uh, put your seatbelts on because this is going to be a great conversation. But I am joined with uh, Talon Hawthorne and John McTermott. Talon, h- how are you feeling about talking about prophecy right now? Guys, I'm very excited. I'm bubbling right now. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm bubbling right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very ready to go. I'm very ready to go. Um, and John, I, I just want to ask, John, who are you? You know, what do you do? Tell us about your family, all these things. What catch do you do? Catch us up Catch yeah, up to yeah. speak because some people probably don't know you. Just, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I have the uh, uh, a beautiful pleasure right now of just uh, having the opportunity to focus on prophecy mm-hmm. for New Spring Church right now. So uh, for years I've been in either discipleship or spiritual formation for the church, mm-hmm. but uh, probably for the uh, last year now have just only focused on uh, trying to seek the Lord and see what He would have for us in the area of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of a title is a director of uh, prophetic ministry at New Spring. I've been with the church for 15 years. Um, I came on staff 15 years ago. Had several different jobs. Started in facilities. Come on. Because I have a, uh, a degree in construction from Clemson. Um, <laughs> but then was through a, a crazy story, asked to be a, a campus pastor and then uh, uh, in uh, over a, a lot of other ministries cool. and then got into a discipleship track after that. But uh, was here when the church started. And uh, so, really, have seen it grow from seen, a tw- lot. seen it grow twenty-one years, uh, and have really been amazed at what God has done. I've seen it since we were just thirty or 40 people back in the this chapel at Anderson College. That's really cool. And uh, just have been amazed at what God has done. That's so. cool. Um, is there any fun facts about you, John, that we should know? Um, there's there, there's one that well, that goes all, there's, always there's, only, there's only one that goes around the circle that I know of personally, and I hear that you know you're an ambassador for Jungle Jays in Greenville. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but I hear that you collect pocket knives. Just tell us. You know, yeah. when I first heard this a couple of weeks ago, it was very interesting to me, and yeah. I was like, I just have to bring this up. <laughs> well, I get in these streaks of of nerddom and a, a lot of different things, but I'll I'll go. Uh, in collector mode on some things, and I got I got to collecting uh, knives, making knives, and then I just, then that takes too much time because uh, I'm a dad of four four kids. I got too like, too much on my plate. Yep. But then uh, I, I found that I can buy and sell knives and kind of you know almost fund my hobby. Okay. You can buy and some and knives. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This is a whole industry. That's right, right. But but <laughs> then it, it kind of matched in with my work because I can. Uh, get some and, and assign prophetic meanings to them. And then in the morning, you know, I've got a tray of about 20 or so knives. And okay. it's like, all right, Lord, what, what do you want me to do today? What, what's what's <laughs> on the Describe plate today? And they all have little uh, meanings assigned to them. And I said, all right, man, this is going to be the day. Today, today was a day of uh, going out and seeing new frontiers. Can I hold, can I, this, yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is, this is it right here. That's right. That's my, right. This w- when the, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be <laughs> uh, blasting through new frontiers or, or pioneering something, that's the knife I have. Or uh, this was my this was a knife built in uh, 1979, the year I was born. So this is my identity knife. When I just need amazing. to be need to be myself, I don't need to put on any performance or airs about anything. I, I carry this knife just to remember that God made me. I don't have to put on any uh, performance for anybody. So it's it's a good centering thing for me, and I, I just enjoy it. That's so. cool. Come on. That's yeah. cool. 
Well, uh, I we are, man, pumped that you're sitting down and having this conversation with us. And I'm sure people leaning in have got, yeah, a lot of questions when it comes to the prophetic. Like, why are we even talking about yeah, this? Man. Or mm-hmm. um, wh- why does this matter? And we'll get into that in a moment. But I'd just love for you to just take us on a little journey for a little bit of your personal story when it right. comes to the prophetic, following God, and just take us take us through a little bit of the John McDermott story when it comes to prophecy. Yeah. And... You know, my story gets me into why it's so special for me to talk to um, anybody related to rally in this because my journey really started when I was 20 years old. I was at Clemson, and I got so hungry for the things of God. I had gotten in a space where I was at this crisis of faith where I really wanted to be either in or out. Yep. I wanted to know, is, is the faith that I grew up in as a Southern Baptist kid, uh, do I want to even keep going in this? Uh, go to church kind of rigmarole anymore but as I started getting deeper and deeper in it the the riches of the Bible just came more and more and more a part of uh, exactly what I wanted to do with my life Uh, and I can remember being uh, in my in my house in Clemson on my knees and asking God if there's anything that you have for me I don't know what doctrine it is I don't know what theology is because I'm you know nerdville I, I was just soaking myself with as many different theologies as i could probably possibly get my head on to prove myself either right or wrong mm-hmm. so i was ingesting tons of charismatic theology reformed theology uh the spectrum was was what i was trying to get my head around i was like i don't want somebody's opinion i want your opinion lord mm-hmm. if there's something else for me out there i want it and i want it all mm. And that was the turning point of my life spiritually mm. uh, into feeling like the Lord changed me that day and kind of anointed me for the things of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really wanted to know a depth of how gifts work, how spiritual yeah. gifts work. Uh, but at that time, at, at 20 years old, that's exactly when New Spring started. And this just startup church. And what just impressed me so much about New Spring was it just cut through the noise of the politics of church. Mm-hmm. And it was just so about Jesus and so about proclaiming the gospel. So it was a fresh breath of, I just want to go there. I want to, I, want, I want to plug in in ministry there. But one thing that wasn't really on the table at that time in New Springs history was gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of put that in my back pocket. Wow. Um, but it was my pleasure to do so because I was so enamored and so called to the work of Christ in the church at that point in time. But fast forward through this, uh, it has really come back. There's so many permissions. Our leadership has done just a brilliant job of mm-hmm. seeking out what the Lord has for us right now. Yeah. And um, But one thing that we have seen over the years is that there are so many, um, there's so many groups and small small groups of people uh, especially in our young adults that are on fire, hungry for the things of God, especially the gifts of God, mm-hmm. and want to discover those things. And over the years, we have had to maybe squelch those things or tell, tell those things to kind of back down. But now I believe there is a, uh, a recognizing that we have what it takes to wrap our arms around those things, teach uh, what the Bible has to say about those mm-hmm. things. So that brings us up to a kind of a current space in our church's history. We really want to dive into a topic like prophecy and discover what the Bible has to say for uh, us and for our mm-hmm. church and what we want to teach on. So that kind of brings us up to speed to uh, 
uh, this present time where we're developing that teaching and want to share it. And that's and I think that's a cool thing yeah. about where Rally finds like we are under this covering of our leadership and of our church, but in a beautiful time of yeah we are a 21 year old church, but this is kind of a new chapter for yeah, exactly. our church. Yeah. And yeah, people might have a lot of questions when it comes to the prophetic or we talk about in rally of pursuing the presence of God and that there's hunger for it, but this is something that's permission given by our, our leadership, which is mm -hmm. exciting. That's, that's exactly why right. we wanted to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like my question would be like, what would you say uh, prophecy is? So a lot of people have, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, even me for, you know, you're thinking about maybe somebody on the television or, you know, what just your past experience of what you heard about prophecy whenever you were growing up and stuff. So, yeah. what, so what would you say, you know, what is prophecy? Yeah, and I'll echo that. Coming up as a Baptist kid, mm -hmm. I had zero context, not just zero teaching, but zero culture. Oh, yeah. Of, and, and I think that's important to note. I had no one around me mm -hmm. showing me what it's like to have even a, a bit of a healthy culture of prophecy. Yeah. So I had zero definition coming into uh, that stage of life mm -hmm. where I was hungry for it. But the definitions that we want to wrap our head around move away from things that are kooky, mysterious, no-go zone. Yeah. Want to move it more into this is a normative, everyday experience yep. of the Christian Beautiful. life. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I really uh, have gravitated to is, is anybody who would give us a, a, a definition that's easy to grab a hold of and, and very accessible. There's mm -hmm. a, uh, Wayne Grudem is a theologian, Great. highly respected. I love his definition because his definition is simply just telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. Mm. And so it's kind of a two-part definition. It's the spontaneity of what God puts in your head. So it's kind of a an arrow of what God is placing into your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's spontaneous. There's not something that you have conjured up and thought about and thought about and thought about. It's just, boom, God gives you a thought. Mm -hmm. And then it's the telling of that thought. So it's got to come in from God and then it's in obedience you have decided, okay, that's something I need, I need to tell. It's got to come out of my mouth. And so it's the telling of that thought that spontaneously came from God. So because uh, of that kind of a simple definition, we really now in, the, in, the, in this formative space in our church want to wrap our hands around a simple defini definition. Like it's, it's simply just hearing God, hearing God, and then for somebody else. That's incredible. It's hearing God and then the telling of it. It's hearing God and then it's, for someone else, mm -hmm. you know, and I get into this space of, of, you know, when I had this about a year ago, when I had this uh, job, the simplification of this job hit me. Yeah, I had to tell my own kids, mm. all right, you know, Dad's got a, a new job here, guys. Uh, you know, I've I've got a job that's called prophecy. Yeah, what's that, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> what what yeah. is that? Now, this story is incredible. You know, so you know, listen up, right? This this story yeah. is really good. So I've got I've got four kids. They're 11, 11, 9, and eight. And my my eight year old, in many ways, leads the way with chattiness. <laughs> and she she was right in on it. Didn't didn't let me skip a beat. Was oh, okay. So what, Dad? Give me a definition. Ready What's prophecy? Yeah. yeah. That's and crazy. so I feel like the Lord just gave me this in the moment. But it was like okay. Well, imagine this, Libby. What if what if there was a dad that had come in and said, Hey, let's play our favorite game. And the favorite game is called a game of prophecy. And so the dad goes in the living room, sits on his favorite chair, and invites two of his kids in. Let's call them Livy and Joseph. Mm -hmm. So he said, Livy, you come in. You sit on my lap right here. Joseph, you go in the next room. Close the door so you can't hear me. Livy comes in and sits down. And the 
father whispers in Livy's ear and says, this is something I love about Joseph. Maybe he's forgotten this, but he needs to hear it again. He needs to know this, and this is how much I love him. So you go in the next room and you tell Joseph exactly what I've told you. She gets up off his lap. She's pumped because she's heard from the father. And she runs into the next room, throws open the door and says, Joseph, this is exactly what the father's told you, told me to tell you. And then Joseph is just lit up with excitement. Oh, man, you know, I've forgotten that. Thank you for telling me. And runs back into the father, embraces the father and says, I love you so much. Thank you for telling me that. I love you too, daddy. Mm-hmm. Well, amazing. And then they exchange. They, Joseph hops into dad's lap. Livy, you go in the other room now and you close the door. And then the dad says, now, here's something I love about Livy. You go tell her. Mm. So what that says is that prophecy really is getting as close as you can to the father, curling up in his lap, getting close to his chest, getting close to his face, and saying, in intimacy, what do you have to say to me today? Yeah. And many times when you do that, he doesn't just talk to you about you. Mm. He'll talk to you about one of his other kids. Yeah. And in obedience, he says, now, Go tell them what I've told you. And uh, that's the essence of telling what God has spontaneously brought to mind yeah. or hearing God for somebody else. And, it, and even that story, it sounds like is is based a lot out of intimacy. It's absolute. Prophecy is about relationship. Mm. Prophecy is, it, prophecy is me, you know, you're talking about the, the wackiness of prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy is messed up mm-hmm. when prophecy becomes about self. Wow. That's great. Prophecy is messed up when somebody sees an opportunity to manipulate mm. and to bring that power and bring it to bear on ourselves instead of saying, God, I want more of you. I want intimacy with you. This is all about you. I want to get close to you. And then in that, I want to serve others. I want to, I want to expand your kingdom. I'm going out. But then my role in that is to simply be a conduit. Yeah. This is flood. And then my role is... How humble can I be? How low can I be? How much on my knees can I get? So the posture of the prophetic is humility, 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 humility. And then if you can sustain that humility in the prophetic, it will bring you closer in intimate intimacy and deeper into relationship with others. And so that's the essence of the de- de- defining, I believe, healthy prophetic culture. So good, yeah. And in that, in that intimacy of, of yeah, knowing proximity with the father, it's like, man, imagine what will happen when our young adults are, are living in that place of proximity yeah. and, and hearing and, and passing on on that encouragement words. And so, I'd love for you to just speak to um, just the why, like, well, why does this matter for uh, followers yeah. of Jesus to operate in and, and seek and desire to be this? Because this might be a little bit scary or intimidating, yeah. and I think yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. a great job of unpacking that, but. Just speak to the, the why does this matter? Why does prophecy matter within the church? Uh, and why should we yeah. do it? Well, I think one of the most uh, important sections of Scripture to really analyze and study when you're hungry to learn about prophecy is to go through the sections of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. This is actually this, this section of Scripture where Paul unpacks a correction mm-hmm. for the Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. And so that when we land in... 1 Corinthians 14, there's a, a verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, that says that the one who prophesies speaks to people for their three things, for their upbuilding, for their encouragement, and for their consolation. And so you just like, why? 
why would you want prophecy? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you want to build somebody up? Why wouldn't you want to encourage them? Why wouldn't you want to console them? Mm-hmm. And you know, if you boil it down to a, uh, a thesis sentence for why would we want to prophesy or why should we prophesy, here it is, 1 Corinthians 14.3. Wow. It's to build people up. It's to encourage them. It's to console them or to, to care for them. And really, if you, if you dig into the, the essence of what these three words mean, it's, they're not just synonyms. They're not, they're not used there for the exact same word three times. Yep. So building somebody up, that, that word in the Greek is uh, oikos or oikodomos. It's, it's a, it's that, that core word is household. And then expanded, it's the building, the building up of, the yeah. building up of a household. Yeah. So think of a mom and a dad, whatever it takes to build up a family. So that's that word upbuilding. And then uh, encouragement is periclesian, which is the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit, parakletos. So that think about the encouragement, the guidance, mm-hmm. the help that the Holy Spirit gives. And then the encouragement that can come through the body of Christ. So that's what happens in this, this word encouragement. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the other word, uh, it always escapes me what the, this word is. Uh, but the word means, this word uh, consoling, it means to bring close, hold close, and speak tenderly to. Wow. So that word is the most intimate word. And it's only used once in the scriptures, and it's used here. So what this, these three words give you a range of why prophecy is necessary. Mm-hmm. It's to build people up. Sometimes you get, you, you know, dad, mom's going to come and slap you in the face and say, not today, son, not today, daughter. And that's why prophetic words are not always just candy and fluff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have some weight to it. They have some correction. Mm-hmm. They have some challenge, but it's also sometimes speaking to you like the, like the, the Holy Spirit would mm-hmm. speak to you in guidance and, 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 and challenge and, uh, but it's also sometimes when you need somebody just to grab you by the face and say, you're doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. Yeah. So that, that's why you would do it. Um, and uh, I think another point that's really important to make is, is that the word of God mm-hmm. is universal. Yeah. So it's for all people for all time. And if we really to understand intimacy... And this was so important for me when I had my journey of understanding that God was not just this big, majestic, powerful God that was for everybody, but he really didn't see me. Mm-hmm. But when I understood that God was so individual and wanted me and talked to me and saw me, then that's why I understood that prophecy was, was actually a very valuable thing mm-hmm. because prophecy is the individualization and the personalization mechanism of God where he comes down and he says no I see Josh or I see Talon I have a word for you and many times he's going to give something to Talon to give to Josh yeah and this is where so many times the the word of God is the is a universal tool Mm -hmm. and then prophecy comes in when he wants to make something so very personal yeah Uh, and many times in a brilliant so he'll use a scripture pull it out of the pages and say, I'm using something that's universal, but I'm going to give it to yeah. you. Personalized. And that's how he uses a word of scripture and then 
prophesize it. Mm-hmm. Prophesy it. Mm-hmm. So another why is to, in intimacy, speak directly to his kids. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Yep. Now I, I think just something that that's beautiful about that is when you're reading First Corinthians and you're looking as Paul, Paul's like just making this case of like it's all of this is done through love, and, yes. and and that's the beautiful thing is even if there is correction or or it feels a little bit challenging at time, it is no selfish gain. Is all out of love, yeah. and that's when. This is because I think sometimes people can put things under the umbrella of prophecy, but it does not have love, and then therefore it's, it gets into dangerous territory. And I think something that just is so clear, and as you're speaking, it's just encouraging me. It's like, yeah. man, what would it look like when the young adults of our church is love is a driving seat behind all we do, but there's this personalization building up and edification. So that that's just so encouraging, and exciting to to think about. Yeah, it's like if you got all the power, all the, all power. the understanding, if you can move all the mountains in the world, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like if you don't have love, you've got nothing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love how absolute Paul is with that <laughs> statement. It's like, show me all your tricks. Show me how cool you are. Show me how good of a prophet you are. Show me how powerful you are. I'm gonna go back to your posture, your humility, your love, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna see actually how valid this prophetic word is by the love that exactly. you showed mm-hmm. when you gave it. Yep. That's the indicator. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. That's that's crazy. That's yeah. incredible. This is this is so good. There's probably also people who just want to know. We talk about all this, these things, and just like how do we prophesy? So mm-hmm. you know, how do we do it? Like just like just how do you do it? I know like, yeah, that's just a question that I know that I have, and um, I know other people have. My friends have. It's like, so how do you do this in like a healthy way? Yeah, I I think the the question of how. Um, is really important because God is such an individual God and he speaks in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So there is no one way he does anything. Uh, As many ways as he can speak to you is Mm -hmm. as many ways as he then prophesies. So, you know, can he speak to you? Hold on a second. Let's, Let's back up a second. Because this is what I have figured out in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in just having to teach this yeah, over yeah, yeah. and over and over, that there is a, there is a kind of a precursor question to prophecy, which is the precursor of how is it that I hear from God? That's great. That's okay. Awesome. That's so incredible. important. So I, yeah. have to, I have to answer for myself, how do I hear from God? Mm-hmm. And once I kind of get that settled in my spirit, yeah. then I can say, well, when God speaks to me, and then I... And then I, I'm asking him things like, or so how do you want me to go about telling this? Then I'm starting to say, okay, how do I do this? Mm. Okay, so once I have that, you know, and so I, I would say for anybody out there, um, if you need to back up a second, get hungry for hearing from God. Yeah. Get hungry, go after it. As many people as you can talk to, as many resources you need to go after, go after uh, hearing from God. And then move into the subject of prophecy because it is the precursor to prophecy. Mm-hmm. So dreams, visions, words, uh, even things like nature, dancing, music, creativity. These yeah. are all ways that God speaks. So they're all ways that God can then prophesy through wow. you. And even things like, you know, dancing, music, creation. They're mo- very underutilized when you think about very true. prophecy. Very true. But if God can speak through you um, getting in nature and I saw God move through his creation, why wouldn't he then go, 
well, that's not just for you. That's for that's for Josh. Yeah. Go tell him that when you saw that hawk flying across the sky and I spoke that to you, then that was for him. Mm. That can encourage him. That can build him up. That can console him. Go give that to him. Go give that to my son. You know. And and I think it's uh, it's been very helpful to try to break down a couple of the the modes that he speaks often. You know, and break down in your mind. Uh, how does God speak to me? Am I? Um, is it mostly coming out of my mouth that I am seeing something when God speaks? And I, you know, God spoke to me, and I feel like I saw a picture. This picture of a kind of a hawk coming through, or you know, whatever that picture was. You know, somebody was uh, giving me a beautiful prophetic word the other day, and they saw a a pitcher of water being poured out over my head, like refreshing me. And so that was a a picture that God gave them. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you will uh, hear a word or a phrase like, um, you know, if, if God was saying, I need to rest, you need to rest, you need to rest. And that word just keeps on coming up and keeping up, coming up, coming up. So God's speaking to you through hearing, a hearing. So there's seeing and there's hearing. Maybe there's feeling. You know, I just I just feel this emotion or I feel this sensation yeah. in my body. And maybe you're a hearer or, or a, a seer or a feeler, or maybe you're a knower. And knower, the knower is a little bit trickier because <laughs> those are the people who might not feel they're so spiritual. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, they might discount because it's not as maybe a little bit fantastical, mm. like I saw this thing or I, you know, mm. I heard this thing or I yeah. felt this thing. But the knowers are the ones they just kind of, I know that I know that I know that I know that God said this. I didn't have that thought before, and now I have this thought. But those are those are the how. That's how God may bring a word of prophecy to you. You may see something in your mind's eye. You may feel it. You may hear it. You, or you just may know it. Yeah. Uh, that may come through a dream. It may come through a vision. It may come through a, a creation. Mm-hmm. There's as many ways as God can speak, then he can bring a word of prophecy to bear. That's incredible. And I still yeah. hear like the underlying thing that you said at the beginning that, you know, this is this is an intimate thing. It's intimacy. Yeah. Uh, and I still hear all of that through, you know, how do we do it um, and all of that. And, and, and it's just beautiful because it's like God actually cares about yes. people. And, it, you know, he wants to speak something to me for my friend Josh and vice versa, you know. That's right. Um, so and that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So like, what would you say like uh, some best next steps are, you know, so if somebody's on the train all the way up to this point, it's like, OK, I'm, I'm ready to go full on ready to go now. Like I'm ready. I, I know how I hear from God. I know that I'm a knower, a feeler, a sensor, whatever that is. Um, so, like, you know, what would you say like some best next steps? Yeah, are? I think. Always best next step is to um, pre-decide who your community is going to be because one of the, the, the challenges in Scripture is that we would always, especially in a New Testament context, we're always going to test everything. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like a, a, a word from the Lord, a prophetic word in any form or fashion comes to you, it says that we must test everything. Let's say... 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, 19-21, that we test everything. And so the question is, is test everything with who? And what you don't want to do is, I get a prophetic word, and now I hear that New Spring is all for it, so there's permissions, permissions, permissions. So I'm going to go straight from my quiet time in the morning to, you know, 
rally on Tuesday, and I'm just I'm going for it. Bam! Right. Grab yeah. the mic and off we go. I'm just first person I see. I'm gonna slap him up beside the head with a prophetic word. Yeah. No, let's let's not do that. What we do is we go we we practice and practice and practice our hearing mm. and our acknowledgement of God is moving in in us. Will we do it in a small uh, in a small community of people that we trust? Mm-hmm. And over time, we build that muscle, mm. that prophetic muscle. We just got to we got to risk. Like, okay, I heard this talent, and I'm not quite sure because I'm kind of new to this. But let me let me just try this on for size. I heard this for you, boom. Mm. And then you get Humility. to yes, you yeah. get to kind of give. Oh well, uh, that hits me this way, or oh my gosh, you would have never thought, but that's exactly on time. Yeah. And then I get to receive that feedback. But I need to I need to decide pre decide that I'm gonna bring Talon and Josh and Jay and whoever else into my sphere, and as I feel like God is giving me things to test, these are my these are my people. Yeah. And over time, what may happen is that community gets tight. I discover the ways that God moves in me, and then I can move from community to ministry. Mm. Yeah. And that's how we want to advance as a church. We yeah. don't want to go straight from permission to ministry. We want to go from permission to testing things and trying things and taking risk in small, trusted mm-hmm. community, and then move that yep. into a ministry expression. And I, I just think it is important to just echo the importance of authority and that there is there is covering when it comes to our church for this. And I just think it's important exactly. for people to recognize the reality that everyone has different backgrounds when it comes yeah. to the, the prophetic and, and, and Holy Spirit and whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And I just think uh, I would even put an encouragement out to Rally specifically that uh, we are going to go at the pace of, of our leadership That's and our, of our church great. and we are undercovering an authority. And someone might be like, man, I'm ready to go. Like, let's let's do this thing and run through a wall. And But there might be also be people who are like very hesitant and nervous and that's totally okay. And we just need to make sure within our culture there is again love is the driving driving force behind everything that we do mm-hmm. uh but, but i think it would also just be helpful john for you to speak to just we don't need to spend long on this but even just like the reality of how we are moving forward as a church from yeah. authority of, of the prophetic team and just like the, yeah. we're not going to run into a living room in a house and just bunker <laughs> down and this is our little club no we are a community who's been doing life together for 21 years and God's taking us in a new pathway. So I just would mm-hmm. love you to speak to as the authoritative voice around this for mm-hmm. our church. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's helpful for everybody to know that <clears throat> that uh, I've been tasked and, and asked to lead a, a, a team, a prophetic leadership team. And that leadership team has is, is got four members on it and we kind of serve our leadership team, our, our uh, lead pastors. And then under myself, there are a handful of other prophetic teams that really serve to um, distill in and test prophetic words from around campuses that get sent in. And so what we're doing right now, we're in a phase of building prophetic community Mm -hmm. all across the state. And so that we can really uh, learn how to, to get our ears more and more and more keen to what God is saying as a whole across the entirety of uh, the body of Christ that is mm-hmm. New Spring Church. And we are completely willing to go at the speed of obedience. Right. Mm-hmm. We are not going to play architect mode and say, 
this is the next 14 steps. And because we can see that, we're just going to just start, we're going to tune God out and just start making our play go. Because we've seen other churches do it, and we want to be like another church. We're not going to do that. We're going to listen and do what God says. So that may mean that it seems like we're going really slow, or it may feel like all of a sudden we went really fast. But what I can guarantee you is we will go at the speed of obedience. Great. Uh, we are dedicated as a leadership team and as a, as a, uh, a pairing of uh, the prophetic team and uh, the leadership team of our church to do things in step with the, the voice of God as well as we can possibly do it. So we, um, what, how that's going to look is we're not going to immediately shut things down because they look a little bit uh, new. But also we're not going to... Mm-hmm. Uh, turn a blind eye just because somebody says, well, this is prophetic and I wanted to do something because it's the way I used to always do it. Like, no, no, no. There are going to be specific boundaries in specific uh, lanes. We're going to let things grow, but they're going to be within a, um, uh, a hopefully a very healthy guidelines of the way we want to see things grow. So uh, I feel like there's a Papa Bearness in me <laughs> it's good. to want to see things yeah. grow in a healthy manner. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to let things be undercut and put away because I believe the essence of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, is that you go after prophecy, and if prophecy starts getting bad mm. and, pro- and get out of line, uh, Paul corrected prophecy. He did not delete prophecy. Well, and many churches maybe have an error gotten a little wonky with prophecy and to correct it they cut it out they deleted it but i don't believe we have the permission in the bible to delete prophecy from our midst mm-hmm. we have to correct it and that's what we'll do yeah that's so good and i just feel to even pass on an encouragement this is a conviction that i have for rally is when i think of new spring church and 14 cities and god has done so many great things and, and a great history but it's like God is ch- charting a new course for this massive battleship of like, God is taking on this beautiful mm-hmm. journey. It might feel like it's taking some time, but rally is kind of like in a way like a little stealth boat. They can be nimble and do these yeah. things, but it cannot exist without the, the battleship of New Spring Church. And I just think to, to pass on an encouragement to the young adults of our church is like, man, we can press in a good way of, man, we want to seek the things of God, but also understand we are a part of a body and a community that God is doing something at work in and through us and i just think man we need to get get a 10-year vision and and a 20-year vision of like what's god doing over the generations and not just today yeah and and it's just something i feel uh an encouragement to to our young adults yeah um so i I would just love to hear from you john uh we're we're kind of about to bring our time to a close and i feel like this conversation has been super helpful and i would also throw a disclaimer out there there's many more of these conversations to be had this isn't just the one-stop shop um, but do you have any just encouragements uh, to the young adults of our church to rally? Maybe there's things in the prophetic space you want to pass on or words of wisdom, anything that yeah. you just you feel to encourage our people. Yeah, uh, maybe just a little bit of prophetic insight to where our church is being called. And, mm. and I believe uh, the words of, uh, that are on our church are very generational. Mm. And they call the, the, the current leadership to uh, humble themselves and see far and, and see the, the people that we are passing on to. And one of the current words that we are discerning is that 
that there is a revival coming uh, and that the current season that we are in is a prepare the way mm. season, that we are basically preparing a, uh, a church that can shepherd an outpouring of God. And what I am seeing is that God is continuing to say that we cannot tolerate uh, abject sin. And so that he is going to bring up and teach us about holiness and how important holiness is in our life. So he will, in his kindness, push us and show us when sin patterns in our life are against uh, what his best is for us. And I believe he's going to do that more and more and more through prophetic words that come in kindness and in upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So I believe that there is a um, kind of like a wave upon wave upon wave that's going to come up on the beach but cleanse that beach from anything that's littering the beach. And as that wave and that tide goes back out, it's going to leave a beach that is completely white, pristine, and ready to go that's going to sustain wave upon wave upon wave of God's glory. Hmm. That is a word that has been prophesied over our church, and I believe it is absolutely in step with where God has taken us. It's so hopeful and so helpful because New Spring has been called to have a, um, a quite a substantial amount of authority and responsibility to steward this move of God that is coming. Uh, and it will only play out if we step into the holiness that God is calling for us. And, I, and that's what I would say to the young adults here is if, if you want to help prepare the way, first prepare the way in your own heart. Don't just want to step into the, the glory and the riches of the coming revival for the, the, the breadth of the whole church before you're going to just respond to what God wants to do on the interior of yourself and your heart. So if God would do it for the church, he's, he's definitely going to guarantee that he will do it for you. Mm. He'll lead you through whatever path it takes to get out of that repetitive sin pattern and whatever it takes to bring holiness to bear in your own life. It's so good. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a great conversation. That's yeah. great. And, and we are just so thankful for you. And I would just pass on to anyone who's been listening to this and, and you've been encouraged by this conversation, uh, a few practical quick thoughts. Uh, if you're not in a rally group or some sort of community, we want you in. Uh, practically, you can text rally to 30303 and we'll get you connected into the family, into community. If you're living somewhere else, get in a great church community. Uh, and I would just say, man, continue the conversation. Let's do this as a body together. Um, and, and John, thank you so much for all you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're and, so excited for the future. And even like along with that, like, you know, me being younger, you know, obviously, uh, that all this stuff is possible you know, as well, yeah. that, that the thing that I hear that's just exciting is that all of this is possible. Like no matter the age, you know, all that stuff is like, yes. this is possible. That mm-hmm. intimacy with God is possible. Friendship with God is possible. And that the prophetic is like possible for, you know, for my life, for our lives, but also for the young adults of our, of our church. Amen. So, well, thank you so much. And make sure you subscribe, share this with your friends. Like it. Uh, give it a review, whatever the things you yes. need to do, help us out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really encouraged uh, that you spent your time with us. John, love you so much. Love you, John. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you'd like to connect to a campus, text Rally to 30303.